Well, good morning, Gospel Hope. Well, we are today going to celebrate one of the ways that God has been good to us in the gift of mothers in particular and women in general. So I hope we'll be encouraged. So we're going to take a break from our series through the book of 1 Corinthians called Messy. And today, because of Mother's Day, we're going to be focusing in on Genesis chapter 1, where man and woman are created. And I hope today, as we look at God's word from this passage, we'll be encouraged to see that women are indeed a masterpiece created in the image of God in order to bless his creation. So we're going to look at that here together. Before we dive into God's word, let's pray and ask for his help one more time. Father, we have already sung of your goodness and how there are so many ways that you have been faithful and kind and generous to your people. And today on this Mother's Day, we just celebrate another one of those lavish gifts of your grace to us in the mothers and the women that you have blessed our lives with. Lord, I pray today as we look at your word that we would be encouraged to think about womanhood in a way that pleases and exalts the creator of womanhood, in a way that honors women, in a way that empowers them and lifts them up, not degenerates them or or insults them in any way. Lord, I pray that we would thank you this morning for your good gift to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So back in uh, 2005, there was a trio of art dealers who went to an auction and purchased a painting called Salvatore Mundi. It was an ancient painting from the 1500s, and they paid the hefty price at that time of it for 10 $1,000. Anybody ever here paid $10,000 for a painting? Anyone? No? No? Okay. So seems like a lot of money, right? Uh, the painting was damaged and not in the best shape. So they took it to some places that restore it and refreshed it. And as they were doing it, something very exciting happened. They discovered that this painting was little known work of art by none other than the Italian master himself, Leonardo da Vinci. So once they got the painting restored to its, its full glory and back in its original state, they took the painting back to auction. Remember, how much did they pay for it the first time? 10000 Guess how much it went at for auction this time? A cool $450 million. The single highest uh, paid painting in all of auction history. Well, what happened? Why did the valuation of this painting change from $10,000, which seems like a lot, to $450 million, which I don't care who you are, that is a lot. What was the change? Well, the change became because they knew who the author, the artist behind the painting. The painting derived its value from the skill and reputation of the one who put the paint to the brush and to the canvas. Well, I hope you see where I'm going with this. Because in the Bible, it says that mankind, men and women, were created in the image of God, by God himself. In Genesis chapter 1, verse number 27, it says, So God created them in his own image. That is, men and women are the masterpiece, not of Leonardo or Michelangelo or any of the other Ninja Turtles. Um, it's of God himself. And therefore, because of that, all human beings are valuable because the one who created them is masterful. 
And I thought today, on this Mother's Day, it would be appropriate for us to celebrate one of God's masterful works of art, namely the women in our lives. And we've all experienced this firsthand, right? We've seen the the beauty and the creativity and the glory of women by people who have impacted us. In fact, right now, I want to do a little exercise. This is very easy. Why don't you shout out some of the words that describe the women in your life? Only the nice words. Only the nice words right now. So shout out some of the words that describe the women in your life. Let's hear Strong. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay. That was a little overwhelming. All right. I think I heard like, I don't know what I heard. Okay. Strong, creative, I heard. What else? Long-suffering, kind, caring, loving, nurturing, merciful. Okay, that's good, David. That's good. Merciful to you especially, right? Yeah. This is not a hard list to come up with, is it? Because all of us in many different ways have been impacted by women in our life. We have been blessed by these women in our lives. But this is not something that we have all kind of anecdotally experienced. It's actually something that the Bible affirms from cover to cover. The Bible often exalts and extols the value of women. I mean, think about the way that it talks about women. On the very first pages of Scripture in the book of Genesis, the Bible tells us that the salvation of mankind, of eternity, would come from the seed of the woman. And then you get down to the end of Scripture in the book of Revelations, and it says that the people of God, those who have trusted in Jesus, will forever be called the bride of Christ. This idea of womanhood is something that we should rejoice in and celebrate. It is a gift of God to his people, which leads me to my point this morning, which is very simply this. We must praise God for the gift of womanhood. Whether you're a man or a woman, you should praise the Lord that God in his kindness has given us the gift of womanhood. In fact... When you read the creation narrative on the very first page of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, when Adam first sees the woman, he actually breaks into poetic verse. Now, I don't know if Adam was by nature a poet or not, but he saw this creation, Eve, and he looked at her and he said this, and the man said, this one at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she was taken out of man. In Hebrew, that is a poem. In other words, Adam intrinsically knew it was self-evident to him that the creation of woman was a cause for celebration. When Adam looked at Eve, he rejoiced. He celebrated because he said, this is a kind gift of God. This creature who is like me and not like me at the same time, this is a gift from my father. This is a gift from the good creator of the world, and it is something with he should deeply celebrate, and we should join in that celebration. So what I want to do this morning is really have a conversation about this, about how we can celebrate or reasons to celebrate the goodness of God in giving us women. And in order to do that, I want to invite my favorite woman in the entire world, my wife, Trisha, to come up and join me in here. So we're going we're gonna to sit down here together and talk about this morning three reasons to celebrate the gift of women. So will you welcome Trisha up onto the stage here? Thank you. They were clapping for you. They didn't clap for me earlier, but they did actually clap for you. 
the video, there was no video. We'll get a bumper for you next time, man. Prima Donna up here. Well, thanks, honey. I, I'm excited to kind of talk about this with you. And, and I, I want to start with kind of the foundational idea. Anytime you start to talk about men and women and the gift that womanhood is to the world, I think you have to start with this idea that men and women are equally dignified. Uh, that, that, that's the important starting point. Men and women are equally dignified. So if you all look at Genesis chapter 1, once again with me, here's what it says. Then God said, let us make, what's it say up on the screen there? Let us make mankind. mankind. Okay, this is the NIV, and I think the translation here is actually very helpful. It doesn't say man. It says mankind. So it's referring to humanity. So let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind, there it is again, in his own image. Now notice this last phrase, it's critical. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So very simply, who is part of mankind? Who is part of humanity? It's man and woman, male and female. What this practically means is very simply this. We have 100 children, as you guys know. And we have some boys and some girls. And our daughters bear the image of God much more, much more. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes it's easier to see it in the girls. Okay, so our daughters bear the image of God just as much as our sons do. There's no kind of hierarchy like you're more in the image of God or you're less in the image of God. You know, sometimes we read the Bible and we see that God is referred to as father. Is that accurate? But you know that the Bible actually refers to God as mother as well? So th this idea that like male is more godlike than female is, is actually a false idea. The Lord himself is spirit. He is neither male nor female. Now, when Jesus came to earth, he came as a man, and yet God is spirit. And both male and female, in one sense, are encompassed in him because when he created image bearers, what did he say? Well, in order to fully bear my image, I need to create men, and I also need to create women. So here's where I'm going with this. Any misogyny, that is any view that makes women less than or less dignified than men, it's not just anti-woman, it's anti-human. Any misogyny is anti-human because humanity is not just composed of men. Humanity is composed of men and women made in the image of God. And the Bible affirms this over and over again. And yet, hun, despite the fact that the Bible says that, there has been some really bad abuses of men kind of overpowering women or the world looking down on women. What are some of the ways, just as you've kind of looked at our culture in the past and even in the present, what are some ways that women have sometimes been devalued? Um, so I think that, that when we talk about devaluing women, um, one of the first things that come to our mind immediately is the idea of um, women being valued primarily for just their sex appeal, um, like just uh, viewed as objects. And I think we see that in our culture to this day, and it's, um, I feel like it's pretty prevalent. Um, but I think another area that we see where women are, are devalued 
is just the idea that men as a whole are superior to women. And I think we've seen that in the past, just where women could not hold any leadership positions. Um, I would say also it seems like, um, you know, often women's opinions or their, their perspectives um, on situations um, were not valued as much as a, a man's perspective um, would be. So I think those are some of the things. And, and when you see that play out kind of in more of its extreme um, circumstances, you know, you see historically, like, the woman's right to vote, that was a long time in coming. Um, that was just not considered a thing that was needful. Um, a, a woman's voice was not as important as a man's. Um, you can see, see that in culture still today um, in other countries where, where women's rights are not valued, um, their voices are not heard in the legal systems even. Um, and I think even the most extreme, we would say, is uh, the astronomical rates of abortion uh, that are seen in parts of the world where a baby girl is not valued as much as a baby boy. And so um, uh, abortion happens, and uh, we can see that just these, these young women are, are not valued. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a checkered history of that. And um, I, I want to just say very clearly, any attempt or any movement that assigns inferiority to women, insults, not just women, but the creator of women himself. It, it, it is an assault on God himself because we have to recognize that, that women are fully made in the image of God. And therefore, to insult them, to denigrate them, is actually to denigrate the Lord himself. But, but here's the thing. We've shared a lot of bad news there. There are some encouraging trends and, and things that have, we've kind of discussed and looked at this. There are some movements that, that are, I think, ev are elevating women. What, what are some of the things that you see, hon? Yes, I think that we, we definitely can be encouraged um, about where this is heading, um, both in the church and in society um, in general. Um, like we said, there are issues and we have a ways to go. But at the same time, you know, we can rejoice and celebrate. Um, you know, we now have a, a woman vice president of our country. Uh, we have... Um, many women members of Congress that are representing us. Um, we have women CEOs and, and women that are administrators of schools, and that's just not something that we even really think about anymore. We just take that for granted, um, that that is the case. Um, so we can just really rejoice in that, that we've come from having to kind of fight for a woman's right to vote to the fact that they are now our representatives in government. Um, so that, that is a blessing. And then I think of the church, uh, I, there's, there's movement um, right now that has been happening uh, where there is effort and there are policies that are going into place to say, we are listening to your voices, we are hearing you, we do not want to repeat the abuses of the past um, or the ways that we have not listened to your experiences um, in the church. And I'm just so grateful that that movement is beginning and um, growing and that we are starting to really um, do a better job valuing women um, in the church and as a society. Now, we, we were even talking kind of offline about this, that there's some encouraging trends even like kind of outside of the church where in culture there's more representation in various things. Like in the past, every hero of every story had to be a male. 
And yet today, there's beginning to be representation. And as a father of five girls, I'm grateful that my girls can say, oh, I'm not just stuck in this particular role. There are vistas open to me, and I can, I can be the hero in some sense. I can, I can rise up, and I can be a help and a servant leader to other people. So there are some encouraging things, although we have a ways to go on many of these issues. But when you just talk about equal dignity, that's just part of the story. You have to kind of pivot and say, hey, men and women are equal in worth, equal in value, equal in dignity, But the scripture also affirms that men and women are intentionally distinct. You know, when God created Adam and Eve, he didn't just create Adam and then kind of another man. We're grateful for that, right? Like it's not Adam and then Adam 2.0. This would be a bad world to live in. Uh, He created Adam and then he created Eve. Look again at the text at Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So God had every option available to him, right? Because he's the creator. He's all-powerful. He's all-wise. He's all-knowing. He could have done whatever he wanted to do. But he didn't choose to just populate the world with men. He chose to make Adam and then make someone like him, but also unlike him. And and I think that's really important for us to embrace because we need to know this principle. Diversity between man and woman, that's actually God's design. That wasn't like a cosmic accident. It wasn't God like, well, I can't figure out how procreation is going to work if we we just have men. That wasn't it. God's omnipotent. He could have done whatever he wanted. He chose this diversity of perspective, this diversity of physiology, this diversity of experience On purpose, men and women are intentionally different, and that is God's plan. There is another more subtle attack on womanhood. Trisha kind of mentioned the ones that have just been overt, like suppression of voting rights and all of these things, just very blatant. But another attack on womanhood is to say this, men and women are the same. Because here's the reality, folks. Men and women aren't the same. We're equal in dignity and worth, But we're different in significant ways. Physiologically, we're differently. Our perspectives are differently. The way we encounter life is different. What we have to understand is that different is not mean defective. Just because we're different doesn't mean it's better or worse. Let me give you kind of a silly illustration of that. What's better? Ready? Everybody ready? A pair of socks. How many of you have on socks today? Okay. There's like three of you. Okay. All right. I don't, we're in a sockless culture, I guess. All right. A pair of socks or a chicken sandwich? Yeah, some of you are like, chicken sandwich! Yeah. In one sense, that's a ridiculous question. Because they're completely different categories, right? Like, if you're going out in the cold, a chicken sandwich is not going to help you a great deal. But if if you're hungry, a pair of socks certainly, or I don't know if they have like chicken socks. I'm not sure what they have. They're different categories, and you can't really say one is better or worse. They're just what? Different. Or let me move things even closer. What's better, a can opener or a tape measure? And you're like, well, it depends what I'm doing. Like if I'm opening a can, a tape measure does me absolutely no good. If I'm trying to get measurements, a can opener doesn't do me any good. One's not better or worse. They are just different. 
And that's the same thing with men and women. We are different. It's not a statement of better or worse. It's just a statement of dissimilarity. Listen, the distinctiveness of men and women should be celebrated, not eliminated. We shouldn't try to say men and women are the same and flatten the curve, as it were, and just say they're exactly the same. That's not true. God made us distinctive for a reason. So, Trisha, I, I wanted to ask you as a woman about this. What are some of the ways that, that women can really kind of lean into their uniqueness as women? Like, how can they celebrate that and say, yeah, God has made me this way, and, and I want to embrace that? So... I would say sometimes as women, I think that we are tempted to downplay our differences um, or try to um, just kind of switch that off and, and at times think more like a man, you know, and, and not, not acknowledge. I think, first of all, just acknowledge that God in his creative plan made us different for a specific reason. Um, that he created us to display certain aspects of his character, of his attributes, um, very specifically in our womanhood. So I think, um, you know, I think we just don't even think about that sometimes. Um, and we don't realize the significance of um, just both our womanhood and our roles and uh, just the, the ways that he has called us to, to live those things out. Um, so I think that we can celebrate that by, you know, first just leaning into our strengths, to our individual personalities, our perspectives, the way God has created us, um, to lean into those, um, to, to try to, to use our giftings um, to further the, the kingdom of God and to build up the body of Christ. And I think even to, you know, rejoice in our weaknesses, what we see as weakness, um, the power of God works in that way, in those ways. And, you know, we can point other people to Jesus through those things. So, you know, I think primarily it's just having an awareness of that and, and thinking through those things um, and not just dismissing our differences and dismissing um, what we feel are unimportant things about us, but just really embracing what God has created us to be. Yeah, I think even in our marriage, um, you know, Trish and I hold a lot of very similar core convictions, you know, things that we believe very strongly that are kind of at the center, the most important things in our lives about the gospel and about Christ and about the church and about our family. And yet, even when we make decisions, um, we approach things from different perspectives and different experiences. And I would argue uh, we make better decisions because we try to listen to one another's perspectives. Um, it, it helps us in that. And it doesn't come at it like, hey, I'm right, you're wrong. I need to win you to my side. It might be like, no, I need a feminine touch on this particular issue and I will make a better decision if I listen to my wife's counsel and allow her to speak into that and vice versa as we allow one another to shape one another. God made us different on purpose. And rather than trying to just make people conform, I think it's wise and godly to say this woman and women in general are a gift to me from God because I'm not omnicompetent. I'm not omniscient. Only the Lord is. And God has given me uh, this woman to help me to navigate life in ways that really honor him and make fuller, more robust decisions. So anything to add to that, Trish? 
I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> I help you to make good decisions. <laughs> Always. That's good. Okay. Um, I, think you're, I think you covered it. Okay, very good. Three. Um, you made me lose my train of thought there. The third reason to celebrate is simply this. Men and women are alone deficient. I need to unpack this a little bit. We've already hinted at it. But if you know the creation account, there's a rhythm to it, right? Day one, God creates light, and then he said it is good. Day two, God creates the atmosphere and says it is. Day three, God creates the dry land and says that it is. Day four, God creates the sun, moon, and stars and says that it is. Day five, God creates the fish and the birds and says that it is. Day six, God creates the animals and, and man and says that it is temporarily. So he says good. And then a few verses later, he comes back in in verse 18 of Genesis chapter 1 and says, The Lord God said, it is not good, not good that man be alone. Good, 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 not good. So why did God say, why is this not goodness in existence? I don't think it's just the fact that Adam was by himself. I don't think that's it. Because look at what it says in the next part. It is not good that man should be alone, but I will make a helper corresponding to him. So those two words are really critical there. Helper and corresponding. So I want to just make an observation about that and then have a little more discussion about this. The first thing is, is that when God creates Eve, he says she is his helper. Now when you hear the word helper... Typically, we would think of it as kind of like a pejorative term or a term that's like lesser, like you need a little helper to help you do stuff, like an elf or something, um, a Keebler elf, right? No, but that's not the idea of helper in the Bible. In, in fact, when you read the word helper in the Bible, 16 out of 21 times in the Old Testament, the word helper refers to God himself. For instance, Psalm chapter 33 Verse number 20, we wait for the Lord. He is our help and shield. What's the emphasis there? The idea is that man, mankind, humanity needs God's help. So when God calls Eve a helper, he's not talking so much about Eve's limitation, but about Adam's deficiency. So when God created Eve, he was, essentially, he was essentially demonstrating that man alone is deficient without woman's help. He needs a helper. There is something lacking in him that needs to be filled up. So, okay, here we go. Loaded question, honey. Why do men need women's help? If I just left it there, yeah. she would go on all day. How, how long do we have? Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Done it too. Yeah. And then also vice versa. Why do women need men's help? Um, I, I love how God created men and women to be interdependent. Mm. Uh, I think that is just, again, just an, uh, an amazing way that he created um, womanhood and manhood. So I think that we see that um, both as marries and as singles, male and female, we need each other. And, you know, there's so many different ways. There's so many different applications. Take marriage, for instance. 
Um, often, you know, we find in marriage that our spouse's strength is our weakness, and you can balance each other out and, and help each other. I mean, in Are our... Are you admitting that you have weaknesses? No, no, I was just going to say, in our marriage, I'm able to shore up all of Ryan's yes, weaknesses. Yes, right. So, <laughs> um, so that's been really invaluable. For um, me. For me. <laughs> for Ryan. <laughs> But no, I mean, obviously, I, Ryan's a, a gift from the Lord for to me, um, and it's just it has been such a blessing to see through the years how often um, we just need we we always we need each other we need those strengths and weaknesses to come together. But it's not just marriage in the body of believers. We need each other. We need the female perspective. We need the male perspective. Um, we need each and every one of you, and, and that's God's beautiful design. And so, you know, I'm just so grateful to see how the Lord designed that to just display, you know, we cannot be just our autonomous self and live in our own bubble. Um, we need each other, male and female, all the time. Mm, that's good. The other word here that is used, he says, he says that Eve, God says that Eve is a help corresponding to Adam. So... What does that mean? It, it means in some sense that Eve makes up the deficiency that is in Adam. So together, they correspond to one another. They fit together in such a way that paints a fuller picture. So perhaps an illustration would help with that. So Jalen's going to come up here and help me with a little demonstration. Take, take a... Uh, yeah, Jalen gets a round of applause. Nobody's clapping for me. Nobody's clapping for me. Right. Um, all right. So take a piece of music, for instance. Um, oftentimes in music, there, there are two complementary ideas going on. So you can play a song and you can play all the bass notes in it. So Jalen, do that for us. So, so that's actual music, right? Like that in and of itself is actual music. Yet there's another part to the song, as it were. There's also kind of the higher notes or the melody that's being played. So, Jalen, could you play that for us? So, both of those are real music, right? Like, the first is music and the second is music. They represent notes, but really they're not meant to play independently. They're actually corresponding to one another. And so when you put them together, here's what happens. Same notes put together and you have the whole picture. You have the whole song. And, and I honestly think that's a beautiful picture of why God created man and woman. We, we both. <laughs> he, got, he got two rounds of applause Two there. rounds two of rounds. applause, right. Yeah. I made that up. <laughs> we, we play that together to get the fuller picture. And look, are men image bearers of God? Yes or no? Do they fully bear God's image on their lives? Yes or no? Are women image bearers of God? Yes or no? Do they fully bear the image of God on their life? Yes or no? And yet they're meant to be played together. So that we can see a more complete picture of who God is and his character and his goodness and his kindness. We complement one another. We correspond to one another so that we can see who our God is by observing both men and women. 
So Trish, what are some of the ways that maybe you have seen in your experience the image of God in both men and in women? Absolutely. I'm so grateful to be part of a body of believers where I have had so many examples of this played out. Um, it's so neat to see, you know, there's not just womanhood and there's just a certain set of strengths and weaknesses that belong to every woman, you know, or manhood. And there's a certain set of strengths and weaknesses. That's not the case. The Lord has made us so diverse in personality and experience. Um, but at the same time, it's been a joy through my life to be able to observe um, women of God displaying their womanhood um, in ways that I have been able to, to see. So uh, I think of women that I know and just think of the image of God displayed through their compassion and through their care, um, through the ways that they mother others, even if they don't have the title of a mother. Um, and I've just been blessed to just watch that and see that played out in, in many women that I know um, and I think, again, you know, how, how the image of God is, is displayed in, in men that I know. Um, and some things that I thought of, just thinking of specific people, um, you know, their strength, their servant leadership, uh, their steadfastness, um, the way they seek to protect. And I'm, I'm just grateful for the ways, like Ryan said, um, you know, just one of those pictures is incomplete. But being able to put those together... Um, in the diversity of different ways that it's displayed in, in each one of the women and men um, in this room, um, it's just we have such a better picture of the image of God and who he is and his character and his attributes. Mm. Um, so I'm just grateful, uh, again, for God's design in that, but also for body believers that I'm able to see that on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm. Yeah, it's as if... Um, and this is a very dated analogy, but it's almost like one of the sexes displays God in black and white, but when you put them both together, it's in full color, um, where we really get to see the beauty of our Lord by seeing both men and women working in harmony and displaying his glory. Um, so I, I, I want to close with just a, a couple of points of application here. So Jalen's going to come back up so you can clap for him. I mean, gee, just clap for Jalen as he comes. I mean, he's just going to play the keys like, like that's hard. Yeah. Um, and so first of all, I want to start by speaking to our women. So I'm going to kick this over to Tricia. Just say a word to our ladies about embracing womanhood. I just would encourage our ladies um, to just fully embrace God's design, um, not just for womanhood, but for you as a woman. Um, he has given you very specific strengths and weaknesses and giftings. And so often we are tempted to compare, um, to be insecure, to be fearful um, about who we are. Um, but God made us in his wisdom um, just very specifically he put you in your home in your realm of influence in your workplace in your community and you have a purpose there and I just would encourage each of you to 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 try to train your yourself to be thinking in those ways that you are designed by God you are created by him you are loved by him and you have a very specific purpose and role. 
and it will look differently for each one of us. And that's wonderful. That's, that's such a blessing. You don't have to be someone else. You don't have to have those same giftings. Um, and I think just often we are living out of our insecurity and our fear, and I know I do it all the time. Um, so I just encourage you to just really um, embrace, embrace God's design of, of who he made you to be. Um, you know, and we strive to grow and we strive to um, become more like him. So I'm not just saying be you and whoever you are, but at the same time, be you, strive to grow in Christ likeness, um, seek to show Jesus to the world around you. Now, a, a word to the, to the men as well. Man, God has tremendously blessed us by giving us women. It's a gift. And so we would be fools not to benefit from that gift. So listen to women. Value their insight. Let them shape your perspective. Treat them with the dignity and worth that they deserve as image bearers and co-heirs of Jesus Christ with you. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth in one sense. God has been so kind to us to give us women. So let them shape the narrative of our lives. That's why they're there. Don't run them over. Don't not listen to them. Don't ignore them. Let's be a church. Let's be a group of believers who celebrate and honor and benefit from as fully as we possibly can the ladies that God has put in our life. I'm so thankful for the women that God has put in the families around and in our church and in our world. And so we should be wise and simply embrace this. Here, here's what I want to do right now. If you came with a woman this morning, or you are a woman and you came with other women, what I want to do is actually have a time of prayer, thanking the Lord for the specific women in our life. So uh, if you have a woman sitting around you that came with you, or there are women in your life that aren't with you, what I want to do right now is pause for just a couple minutes and have you pray and thank God. If they're here, please take a moment, just put your hand on their shoulder and pray over them. Thank God for the gift that they are to you. If they're not here, let's lift it up to the Lord. He hears. And then after just a moment, Trisha's going to close us in a word of prayer, and then I'll say one more word, uh, and then we'll celebrate together in song. So take a moment and just thank God for the women in your life.
Father, we come before you. We thank you, first of all, for the cross. We thank you for redemption, how you have made a way for us to become your children. We are image bearers of you, but we are also adopted children, and we just praise you for that. And I pray for each one of the women in this room, Lord. I pray your blessing upon them. I thank you that you have so purposefully designed us to be image bearers. I pray that um, they would know that they were created with a purpose, um, that they are loved, and I, I pray that they would know Jesus, and because of the cross, um, know that they are redeemed, um, that they have been bought, and I pray that they would um, just live out their womanhood in a way that brings you glory and honor. Uh, I pray that we as women would um, just be very intentional in our communities, in our families, in our homes to just point to Jesus with our lives. I pray for the men in our church. I thank you how you have intentionally designed them to be image bearers and just uh, the gift that we have in each other. I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that they would um, value the women in their lives. I pray that you would uh, protect them and help them to um, just lead and guide in the ways that you have called them to do. I just ask that we as a body of believers at Gospel Hope uh, would seek to just live out our purpose in ways that would just, again, point others to Jesus and bring you glory and further the kingdom of God. Uh, we ask all of these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now here's the thing. Womanhood is not just part of God's creative design. It's actually part of his eternal plan. I love what it says over in 1 Peter chapter 3. He's speaking to husbands and he says this about their wives. Show them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life. What does that mean? It means in God's kingdom, there's no stratification. There's no hierarchy. But everyone who trusts in the work of Jesus is now an heir with Christ, a eternal son or daughter of God. And that will be for all eternity. God will have sons and daughters that will worship around his throne forever and ever. What that means is simply this. We will be enjoying the gift of womanhood for all eternity. God created men and women to be his people. He died not just for people of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. He died for men and women to make him his children forever and ever and ever and ever. This is a great gift of God that is meant to be celebrated. So we might as well start now. Start enjoying the gift that God has given to us in women in our lives. So can we stand on our feet and just worship the Savior who came and lived and died so that you and I could be sons and daughters of God. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for Jesus. And thank you that you have purchased for yourself with your blood both sons and daughters. And that we will forever proclaim 
the glory of the Lamb who was slain as His children and joint heirs with Christ. Oh Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your kindness. May we celebrate this precious gift of womanhood. Let's sing to the Creator here together.